I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Washington, D.C. in the U.S. She was first awarded her MVP in 2021. She's passionate about educating, empowering, and supporting women and minorities in tech. She enjoys running, baking, yum, and hiking in her free time. You can find full links to her bio, all the kind of stuff she's done in the webosphere in the show notes for this episode. Azure, welcome to the show. Hi there. How are you doing, Mark? Good, good, good. Now, do you know... And this is just, it just came to me there because I know heaps of people probably say to you, hey, with a name like Azure, you know, is Microsoft paying you royalties, et cetera? <laughs> um, being that I think you had the name before they had the product. And so with that in mind, did you know that there was a, there's a rock um, at, that's part of um, the Mediterranean that's called, it was called Azure, it was an arch and actually it fell into the sea. Um, and uh, I only found that when I went there and I was like, wow, Microsoft still, like there was an ancient landmark that had that name. Are you <laughs> are aware you of that? Are you talking about Azure, right? Is that the Azure, one? Azure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody actually threw that in a, in a group chat the other day. Um, a friend who like is into like rocks and whatnot. He's like, have you seen this? And I was like, I really like this a lot. I don't think I've ever actually, I hadn't seen it before then, but now I know next pieces of jewelry that I, that I get, I think are going to be that. My favorite color is blue, by the way. I don't know if that's like a, that's, that's like a cop out. <laughs> this is actually um, a rock, like a massive outcrop on an island that was called Azure. Oh. Rather than, Yeah. And I was just trying to look it up, and I'm like, ah, it's not as easy to jump to at my at my fingertips. So I might come back to you on that. But anyhow, tell me about food, family, and fun. What do they mean to you? What do you do when you're not doing anything power platform related? Oh, food, family, and fun. One, uh, food is like why I exist. I love to cook. I love to eat. Um, in fact, I've already cleaned out some of my meals for the next couple of days. Tomorrow night's dinner is going to be a jerk chicken, um, with rice and peas. I'm half Jamaican. So I've been craving something from like mom's kitchen. So I'm going to make some jerk chicken tomorrow, rice and peas, uh, like a mango cabbage slaw and maybe some fried plantains. Um, yeah. So I think that's gonna, that's gonna be it for the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, family, family is super important to me. I have a close relationship with my family, but I also feel like, you know, family of choice is also incredibly important, right? If your family of origin 
doesn't quite do it for you. I understand that not everybody has a has a good relationship or a close relationship or, or perhaps, you know, family has passed away. Friends, community, like same thing to me. Huge support system. I call my friends my family too. And uh, these days I had been traveling for a bit from like August to like mid last month um, and got to catch up with, you know, a few friends, which was absolutely wonderful. And then for the folks who were here at home, I'm, I'm getting back to, to seeing them as well. So there's been a couple of babies born. Um, I'm enjoying auntie life and supporting friends in, in that new chapter of their, of their journey, um, which has been really nice. So tomorrow I'll get to help a friend, like she, her husband has to go I'll travel a little bit further for work tomorrow. So I'm going to go walk their dog for them. And then she'll be like, what do you need me to do? Fold laundry, do dishes, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm there to help. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's so grounding. Tell me, um, how did you get into technology? Ooh, good question. I feel like it's kind of a maybe like a bit of a piecemeal uh, thing. So I never thought I would go into tech per se. Like my degree is in is in biochemistry, and I ended up in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, had wanted to go to med school. At the time, my mom was really sick. At the time, I was taking, you know, my medical entrance exams. Um, decided somebody's got to pay student loans, uh, so I turned to pharmaceuticals. But when I was younger, I worked in a computational chemistry lab um, at a university. I interned. I really loved chemistry, and um, and this lab was like using Linux to analyze. Um, ring structures, molecular ring structures for uh, chemotherapy targets. And so this software that we're using um, would tell you like the distance between like ring structures, bond energies, bond lengths. If you change them around, what what happens to them, which I thought was really cool. I don't think I ever really saw what I could do with it in the future, to be honest. Um, and then I discovered Power Platform after working, you know, for years in the pharmaceutical industry. I think I'd been there about nine years. This was back at the end of 2019. So this was about three years ago, three years ago. And kind of fell head over heels for Power Automate. And that's kind of how I got into tech. Uh, so taught um, previous company I found, I worked for GSK, taught their first Power Platform Bootcamp, or at least the Power Automate section of it, got invited to do that. Um, got introduced to the community a couple months later, uh, started doing some conferences. And, and quite frankly, uh, I didn't, even though I was teaching other people, you know, Power Automate, Power Apps uh, to get into tech and they were getting jobs. I actually didn't feel confident enough to step into the tech world for some, for whatever reason, you know, call it imposter syndrome, maybe, Um but I had gotten a, an, a data analyst job that was really strictly power platform at GSK at Transition Rules. And then um, earlier this year made a, you know, a fall into consulting. So that's the quick, the shorthand story. <laughs> that is awesome. It, you know, when you say you, 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 in your involvement in power is, and you mentioned their power automate, is that your kind of, is that your flag, flagship technology that you are the the guru on, or is it is it any of the other power suite? I I do power automate. That's really where I I would say I specialize in. Um, I do Canvas apps as well. A little bit of model driven. Um, I've been getting into RPA over the past several months. Power BI is I've built like a dashboard or two, um, but not quite my 
not quite my wheelhouse at the moment. Um, but yeah, Power Automate is, uh, I, I love it a lot. I didn't know about the rest of the Power Platform, to be honest, when I was introduced to Power Automate um, and just kind of like moved with that and then discovered the other bits and pieces of it. And, and now it's just, it's it's a whole thing. There's always something to learn, which is what I, I really love about um what I really love about the platform. So it keeps me engaged and I, I love working with it. I love it. I love it. What do you have? And I always ask people that are involved in Power Automate, do you have, so it's two questions. One question is, do you have any automations that you've created for your personal life? Oh yeah. And then do you have any automations that you have done for your professional life, but they're more for you. It's around you, you personal productivity rather than the automation where you're automating a business or organizational process? Sure. Yeah. So um, a challenge for me when I was learning RPA was what's a, what's a good use case? Cause I, you can get RPA at home. Like if you have a windows 10 or 11, uh, windows 11 machine. And so my task was what can I do with it? And I made um, a flow, a desktop flow that I can upload COVID test reimbursement receipts. So here in the States, um, if you buy like a, you know, over-the-counter COVID test, uh, you can get reimbursed by an insurance company. And so I made a flow that I can just snap a photo of a receipt up into OneDrive and press a button and it'll upload it to the um, the insurance website for me. And then I just wait for the reimbursement in the mail. Um, so that was that was a fun one for for me to do. That's good. That's practical. It's yeah, it's very yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. A friend, a buddy of mine, um, Ashwar Prakash, he just put out something with uh, Power Apps and Raspberry Pi to control lights, and he's doing a whole series on YouTube right now. That's kind of, I think that's going to be like my next venture to be like I want to control. I have a dumb house instead of a smart house, uh, <laughs> so I want to learn how to do some things to power my home, and then. Um, let me see for work. I had things like to remind me to submit expense reports, um, timesheets. Um, most recently I'd come back for, or I was on a business trip and I had all of these receipts, right? I was overseas. I'm notorious for losing receipts or they get so folded up in your wallet or whatever, they kind of fade. So I just created a really quick power app to snap a photo of the receipt to house everything and just uploaded it to SharePoint. And then just use, I was going to use um, Power Automate to, to put it just into like an Excel spreadsheet and then upload it to Dynamics um, and, and use it that way. So uh, for me, that was a lot better than having to manually key in things um, on, on two different ends or have to keep track of a receipt, like you know, carry like an envelope and just do all your receipts in there and then hope you don't lose them <laughs> over the course of two weeks. <laughs> What's What's the craziest or, or the most um, empowered, you know, that you've seen uh, Power Automate used that it really created a massive amount of impact to people inside an organization um, where you were just like, mate, this is like next level about uh, employee productivity or, um, you know, streamlining a process that might have been inherently um, bogged down. Um, with with data being copied between systems, things like that. Anything jump to mind? So many. I have to be honest. Like that's what I love about this platform is that it can do it can do so much. Um, in a personal experience, we had um, a safety team at a previous organization that I worked at. 
that was five months behind in their safety investigations. Um, attrition, right? Um, running multiple pharmaceutical plants at the same time. It was kind of hard to juggle everything. So they just had a SharePoint list where people were entering in information. And then beyond that, it was one SharePoint 2010 workflow that would uh, send an email just to notify managers that something had happened. And then in the behind the scenes, it was the safety team was creating documentation for, you know, the affected employee to fill out, um, trying to get approval from their manager, uh, potentially from their director, all this data gathering. They'd have to do all of this just by hand. Um, they didn't have a status list of anything. Everything was just like this very manual process, maybe a whiteboard, a couple of sticky notes. And I was able to automate like the entire thing for them. So the only time that they got involved was when the person had filled out their paperwork um, and there was a confirmation, right? Because we just use like approvals and power automate. That's when they stepped in and said, okay, we can start you know, our investigation. But upstream to that, they didn't need to worry about if um, an incident had happened, right? Because there's paperwork that needed to be, that needed to happen within 24 hours. Now, if it was like a critical incident, of course, they'd, they'd get involved ASAP. But if it was some of these minor incidents, like a potential accident, um, we would just wait until, you know, like they received the filled out paperwork and the the button, you know, was the, was the indicator like, okay, for the person on the side that was filling it out, like it's done. And then it would update a SharePoint list for them and then send, you know, Teams message out to the safety team to be like, okay, so and so's filled out their paperwork, go ahead and, you know, proceed. Um, one that I saw at Power Platform Conference in September, which I thought was like an amazing use case, was um, somebody automated a like virtual machine creation for their, for their, like their site. Um, and so what was a, you know, they could customize what kind of machine that they needed, could figure out like what the costs were going to be associated with it, all using adaptive cards and teams, which I thought was an incredible use case. Yeah. And people would normally have to call like IT in order to make this happen, wait for some calculations to be done. Right. So people in the back end were also doing it. And then it just eliminated really like a at least half of a work stream for IT that they didn't need to get involved until this machine needed to kind of be built. Um, so many, so many great use cases. I've seen marketing campaigns powered out of Power Automate, um, things that were manual tracking in Excel that no longer have to be done in Excel. Um, yeah, there's there's so many great use cases, things that I've never even thought of because it's just not something that I've needed to do. So I, I love that it's so expansive that people can just make it their own for whatever business use case that it is. <laughs> I've seen people powering their Teslas um, using power apps. Um, yeah, just people get really, really creative with the platform. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, back in 2020, I did my first two virtual conferences because yay pandemic. And when I had done those, I had some folks reaching out to me on Twitter asking if I'd been nominated. And I hadn't, and I didn't know what MVP was, to be honest. And um, the one thing folks kept telling me was, you're missing this community piece. You're missing this community piece. And um, community uh, by way of YouTube or blog, that was like, 
what folks were telling me that I needed. And at the time, a blog, well, let's be honest, I bought a domain. I haven't done anything with it. Um, (laughs) But at the time, that was a little too much effort for me, if I was to be honest, because my job, I was working 12 plus hours a day, was already teaching, you know, a boot camp at, you know, a previous employer had come up with like the curriculum for that. And so it just felt like, oh, if all this is to do a blog or a YouTube channel, I don't know if this is for me. Um, so I just kind of kept doing my thing. I was teaching boot camp, posting some work on Twitter, doing some demos. Um, I was teaching for, um, and still am, for a Power Platform School, which is an upskilling school for um, like Black folks between the UK and, and the US or, you know, Black or of African descent and was teaching there as well kind of just being a busybody and not really thinking about MVP as a thing. And uh, one day a friend reached out and goes, hey, what's your email? I was like, oh, I gave him my email. Um, And next thing I know, I get, hey, you've been nominated for MVP. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't think that I was qualified for it because I didn't have, you know, YouTube, blog. And um, this friend, John Levesque, who used to work for Microsoft, he was like, hey, it's not just about having that kind of visibility. He's like, it's about building community. And if, you know, the people who talk to you know that's very strongly what you like to do, it doesn't necessarily have to be like out in the open. Um, so that was kind of an, an eye opener for me, to be honest, because I think in, in my mind, from what some folks have told me, it was I had to be like out there, visible all the time, creating content. And just at that point in time, it just I didn't have enough time for it or I was creating content, but it was more internal, you know, for for people um, at work. I was helping to run like the internal community, you know, and this was separate from my job. This was just because I loved it. Um, so then the notification system broke. So I never actually got an email that I, I think I got nominated like last February. And every month I'd see the tweets come out and people were like, Hey, I got, you know, I want MVP. And I was like, well, I guess I just didn't get it at all. And, uh, somebody else, uh, somebody else was like, wait again, like it's been seven months at this point. Why haven't you, why haven't you gotten it? And I was like, I don't know. So they resubmitted me and they're like, so you've already been submitted. It says your application is still pending, but that doesn't make any sense. Like it shouldn't take this long. And then it turns out like the notification system was broken. And I got an email from Microsoft that's like, sorry, it's been broken. You'll hear something soon. And then, you know, I was awarded in, um, in December of last year, which was really exciting. It was, it was like the icing on the cake for all of the stuff that you already do. Like MVP wasn't on my bucket list, I would say. I mean, it wasn't something I was gunning for, but to know that my efforts in the community are not going unnoticed or, you know, that they're valuable. Um, it's a, it's a really sweet gesture to be awarded um, MVP. So, yeah. so you've been an MVP for about a year now. What impact has it had for you personally? Oh my gosh, there's a lot. Um, I fell into like a new career. Um, so, you know, like officially in tech, I'm in transition right now, but it afforded me the opportunity to like walk into, you know, an interview and people are like, we already know who you are. And I was like, oh, that's, that's strange. Uh, never had that before. It's not like that in pharma. Um, a lot more, I would say, just like people want to learn from you opportunities. And I think it's a, it's, it's neat to be able to just 
coach people, you know, if they need help on a flow or I've got some mentees at this point, older and younger than me who are, are looking to get into tech or looking to make a transition. Um, in a way, it's like it's changed a lot and then also nothing at all in a sense because I'm still doing the same things that I, I was before. Um, just get that little bit of a distinction uh, next to it. So it's been, it's kind of been a, a wild couple of years. I'm not going to lie. I just never imagined any any of this. And it's really like Power Platform in general has changed the trajectory of my life. Um, very grateful to be That's here. That's so cool. Last question. What's on your radar for the next 12 months? Oof. <laughs> Rest. <laughs> um, good question. I am, I'll be teaching Power Platform School in the spring with a new cohort. Uh, there are a couple of events that I'm planning to submit some sessions for. So maybe European Power Platform Conference. Um, at the moment, I've been taking some time to help some of like my like more junior folks in Power Platform and encouraging them to apply to conferences. So trying to help them get, you know, a bit of a stage, a bit of a platform as well. Um, what else? Let's see. Might be organizing some community events. Um, and one thing I did want to do this year that I didn't get to was to, I have a curriculum already drafted for Power Automate. It's just not gotten out anywhere. So hopefully in the next year, that'll be something that I can throw out on, on GitHub or, or YouTube. Um, what I love about this community very much is that there are a lot of free resources, right? For me, I don't think I've, I've never taken a paid class um, or a workshop. Everything has been available to me at, at no cost whatsoever. And I absolutely want to keep that going. Um, yeah. So any beginner intermediate space is kind of where I like to stick in terms of teaching things. And hopefully I can get that out in, in the next year somewhere. And that might be a might be a benefit. Maybe do some some live workshops too. So we'll see. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.